time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm Sean Harris. And to the left of me is the wizard of wealth management, the shot caller, the man with the income plan, Mr. Jess Hamill. Good morning. And to my right, the pioneer of private lending, the master of Main Street, the people's champion, Mr. Jaden Newman. Good morning, Sean. Gentlemen, welcome to the airwaves. Thank you. So we had a really big week last week. We had our State of the Company event. And this is our quarterly event where we basically uh, report our performance to all of our investors. It was a, a big night. It is. It's a really big deal. I, I love doing those. Yeah, me yeah, too. It's been, a, it's been a staple for us really since we stepped our game up in private lending you know transparency and, and reporting is top of mind and anytime you offer an alternative investment like private lending you know even though it's relatively easy to understand and and, and relatively secure being being in texas residential real estate we feel like one of the things that has built a lot of that trust and confidence with our clients is is reporting those quarterly results and just just getting face to face with our clients we actually semi-annually twice a year we we hold this big event in person and then the on the uh-huh. off quarter we do a conference call but if you're listening to this and you haven't been to one of those yet uh definitely tune in and and, and come out and, and check it out it's 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 pretty powerful event if you know if you're not a believer you, you usually will be when you see all the smart people in the room yeah and all the wealthy people in the room that are are following us and, and, and really believe in us and trust us. And that are making money on our, our private lending platform. Exactly right. Yeah. And I'm, I always love those events. I love seeing you guys get up there on stage and just lay it all out there. You know, the, the transparency really is, is key with our, our quarterly reporting, and uh, those events are a lot of fun. Now, so. My favorite part of it is, uh, you know, people ask me for a reference list all the time. I give them a list of 10 people. What do we know about those people? They like me, right? So this is an opportunity to put potential clients in a room with a couple of hundred existing clients that I have no control over and just tell them, mingle. Ask them how we did. Ask them how you, you know, how your investments have gone and get an unbiased opinion. So it works out really good. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of our clients really advocate for us and, and our platform and really believe in what, uh, what we do. A lot of them have been investors for a long time. And if they didn't believe in us, they, they wouldn't be there. So that's uh, right on. It's, it's a really great event. So that brings us to who are we? Well, we're Noble Capital, and of course, we're a private investment firm, and we do private lending for real estate investment in Texas. If you want to learn more about us, you can go to noblecapital.com, and you can find out just about anything you want to know, and you can also contact us via email. Uh, give us a call. All of that information is there. Also, you can find us on Facebook at Noble Capital. 
on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, on Twitter at Noble Capital TX. What was it Raglan said? He said, uh, tweet at me, bro. <laughs> so tweet at me, bro, Noble Capital TX, and you can find every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, just about anywhere podcasts live. And also, if you want to learn a little bit more about our financial advising services and our, our income planning, you can sign up for a Retirement Blueprint dinner, which you can also find on our website. The next one's coming up January 31st at Trulux up there in the Arboretum. That's a Thursday. And then we have another one scheduled for Tuesday, February 19th at Trulux. And I would put a caveat on that, not, not learn a little bit about what we do, but learn a lot. Um, the uh, retirement seminars are very educational, and you'll get quite a bit of information there. Yeah, I was just being coy. I know. I'm just giving all <laughs> So last week, last week's episode was Life to the Fullest, where we talked about the riveting world of life insurance. And we got some really serious, serious knowledge on that episode. And I got to tell you, my, my brain is still reeling from all of the new information that you guys dropped. You know, Jaden, I get the idea that Jess could have probably gone on for two more hours <laughs> about life insurance. Yeah, I mean, Jess and I, we talked after that, that show and, and we, you kept saying, you know, this is just so much information, so overwhelming. We're like, well, we didn't really even get into the details yeah. uh, at all, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which it's not really appropriate to get into the the technical details on a show like this, you know, that's sure. like trying to give you a haircut over the phone. That just doesn't yeah. work too well. Yeah. But what's interesting is we had someone show up at one of our events that was totally stoked. It was, it was all I mean, over they it. were hyped up on, on, on life insurance. You know, we heard you all talk on the radio about life insurance. No one's ever explained it that way. And I'm here to learn more. And now he's coming in, I think to meet with you, Jess. He's already and, come in once. Yeah. Oh, he did. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So, yeah, life insurance. If you didn't hear that show, go back and listen. That, that's a powerful tool, planning tool, tax, estate planning, wealth building, asset protection. I mean, it checks a lot of the boxes um, when you're talking about retirement planning or wealth management. And it, it's one of the secrets that the wealthy use that a, a lot of you know folks just don't don't understand because most people have a cursory understanding of life insurance. So they go straight to death benefit. Yeah, they're yeah. just thinking death benefit. If I can get somebody excited talking for 20 minutes about life insurance, then it must be a pretty cool asset class. Well, I tell you, I had to kick Jess under the table to get him to stop so we could go to break <laughs> last week. He, he was really, he, he was excited about it. On a roll, it. on a roll. So go back and listen to that episode, folks. This week's episode is called, What Are You Willing to Risk? And we're going to talk a little bit about risk management within your investment portfolio. And this is really important because I think this is something that we, we really concentrate on uh, in our financial advising services is having the right level of risk for each particular client. And I've heard you say a lot of times, Jess, that it, it's different for everybody. That your risk profile or your, your risk tolerance is very dependent on your specific situation. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and how you kind of determine uh, what is the appropriate level of risk. Well, there's the gut check level. You know, some people are conservative, some are cowboys. And a lot of times they will go off base just on that without paying enough attention to what is appropriate for the portfolio. But a couple of examples would be, <clears throat> you know, I'm making $300,000 a year. I have a salary coming in. I'm stashing some away for later. 
I can afford to take more risk on that because if it goes bad, I've still got my salary. Um, if I am retired and all of my portfolio is in the market and I'm just doing a spin down, my risk tolerance needs to be a lot lower um, because obviously my income is impacted by that. So my goal is to get somebody to a point where we've got their income covered, we've got it um, adjusted for inflation for the rest of their life, and once we have the income satisfied, now we have a completely different risk tolerance for the rest of the portfolio because we don't want to lose everything. But if we took a big hit in the market or in whatever the, the investment class is, it doesn't impact my lifestyle because my income's not impacted. And so that's really where I, I use the determining factor on figure out what risk is appropriate for every individual client. Okay. <clears throat> so what are, what are some of the ways that you guys manage risk? And I'm thinking, you know, specifically through diversification. I mean, kind of what's the method? What's your go-to you know, how, how do you work that out for our clients? One of, one of the first things that, that we've always done, and in fact, it's, uh, it's interesting. January is always special because this is when we, this is the month that we started Noble Capital 17 years ago. And um, so we're, we're celebrating our 17th anniversary here. And we've always been, we've always pre- you know, kind of taken pride in, in the fact that we're different. We we do alternative investing. We have an alternative uh, philosophy to what I would call Wall Street, um, you know, philosophy, what you see out there, kind of the herd mentality. And we like to talk about, you know, a different approach because at the end of the day, you only get one shot at this. And it's important to understand you know what? What's what? What? What does the whole world of investment look like? Not not just what your stockbroker wants you to believe, or what you have access to through your four hundred one k. So we'll get into this in the in the future segments here for this show. But I, I think one thing that, that's that's real. One of the first things we want to do is break down what phase the the pers- our, our clients in in what we call the life cycle of money. If somebody comes in and asks, what you know, how much risk should I be taking? It's like wait. Let me stop you. Who, who are you and where are you in the life cycle of money? Because, you know, by the way, you answered that question. I mean, you asked that question. Um, it, it just shows that we're, we're looking at it from a limited perspective. So that's, I mean, you, you see that all the time, Jess. Yeah, I mean, I've actually had a lot of that this past week for whatever reason. It kind of comes and goes. But I'll sit down with somebody. Within five minutes, they want to know what level of risk they should take. I tell them we've got at least an hour's worth of talking before I can even approach that subject because I want to get to know who you are, what you're trying to do, and where you are in that cycle. Well, we've got <clears throat> not quite an hour's worth of talking to do, but we do have to go to break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the risk level of some different types of investments. So hang on, folks. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about risk and investing and some of the ways you can manage risk in your portfolio. So before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about risk profile, knowing how much risk you can tolerate in your portfolio, and a little bit about diversification. So what... I want to get into some of the different types of investment and sort of what categories they fall into so that some of the listeners out there can have a little bit better understanding of what we're talking about when we say high-risk investment, low-risk investment, et cetera. So let's start talking a little bit about 
the low risk end of the spectrum, what are some of the financial vehicles with lower risk? Well, the most obvious one would be annuities. We have all kinds of government agencies that regulate not only what we put in front of people, we actually can say. And there's only one thing that exists that I am allowed to, and, and rightfully so, tell you is no risk, and that's an annuity, or at least a fixed index annuity. Um, there's no way to lose money on it, um, and it's a great tool to be used for what it's appropriate for. So from that standpoint, I would say annuities are the, the ultimate safety. Okay. And then, I don't know if you would consider this an, an investment vehicle, but one of your favorites, insurance. Is that... Life insurance is number two on that scale. Okay. So it's not 100% guaranteed, but the safety factors that are involved in how the investment is generated and the safety of the company itself puts it right in line with that. Okay. That makes sense. Any, I, any yeah, others? Yeah, sure. I'll add um, cash, uh, savings <laughs> accounts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, CDs, money gold. market accounts. Yeah, gold Gold is um, you know has its ups and downs, but um, – the safest, the safest investments, um, you know, you, you can list them. There's seven or eight of them that kind of fall in that that safe category. But to have a, a, a more meaningful dialogue here than calling out the, you know, the safest investments out there, like what, what the discussions that really take place across the table from clients are are back to, you know, which which phase of the life cycle of money are you in, and if if, if you're in that phase where you're moving into retirement. And you have to start focusing on distribution and income, then really where the risk discussion goes very quickly is from your overall portfolio risk, you know, the the traditional uh, pie chart showing how much risk you're taking in your entire portfolio to Mm -hmm. how much risk are you taking on where you're getting your paychecks from every, every month, you know, in retirement. Sure. When you work and you have a career. You don't. You think about this a little bit. You know how much risk am I taking uh, on on where I'm getting my paycheck from? Like, is my employer going to pay me every two weeks? Are, are they going to bounce a check to me? Right. Are they going to fire me? That that that's you know maybe you have those thoughts uh, seldomly, but it's it's not really something you think about when when you're in that that accumulation or, or your career, your your the work mm-hmm. phase. But when you're, when you're moving into re- retirement, you're crossing the great divide, and now it's up to you and hopefully your retirement advisor, your coach, yeah. to nail down what is the, the sources of income and what type of risk am I going to take to generate that income. And not understanding that the, the, the emphasis and the, the gravity of that, of that divide is, is one of the, the, the largest single retirement mistakes that you can make. So why not just build your investment portfolio with all low risk? Well, it's a risk-reward um, ratio, too. You know, they, mm-hmm. Everybody's heard the greater the risk, the greater the reward. What comes behind that is the greater the potential loss. So it's about managing where that risk level is based on what you've got. And the other aspect I would say when we're considering risk, there's two levels of risk for me. One, I put my money somewhere and I'm supposed to get some return. What is the risk that I won't get that return? And two, I put my some, my money somewhere. What's the risk that it's going to be gone when I come back? Mm-hmm. Two completely different conversations. Yeah, return That's on true. your money and return of your of money. money. Yeah, right? exactly. So, your question, Sean, in, in one word, why, why don't you go just put all your all your investments in low risk vehicles 
And then one word, the answer is inflation. You know, you, gotcha. you have to you have to at least, you know, keep up with inflation out there, which which can can vary, mm. you know, in, in high inflation cycles and in lower inflation cycles. But also a smart investor can can build a diversified portfolio and you can afford to take more risk in certain vehicles if you you have a plan. And I think the best example of that is when we talk about stock market risk, we know the stock market always goes up over time. You know, you hear it all the time. It's, right. it's going to be a great long-term investment. But where the mistake happens is we, we confuse that with, with the short-term needs of, of, of needing income that we would draw down from, say, stock market investments. And if you're in one of these slow markets, these these bear markets, flatter declining growth markets, and you need to draw down income, that that puts you in, in quite a pickle, and you have to start making tough lifestyle decisions. Whereas if you planned your income out uh, properly and you you treated the stock market as a as truly a long term investment, well then okay now now you're you've got some boundaries and you've got a, a sensible plan, and it makes a lot more sense. So. That's why these these discussions, you know, require, like Jess said, you've got to sit down and, and really nail it down and have a comprehensive plan where you see how all these different buckets uh, and these diversified investments work together as a, as an overall strategy for for the client to win. That makes sense. I'm kind of seeing a common thread in this conversation here about risk, and that is time. It's kind of how how much time do you have, or maybe how much time do you have to make up for a potential loss? So does that kind of calculate into your equation whenever you're building an income plan? Right, and along with time comes timing. Um, and you know, if, if we could truly time the market, we'd all be billionaires, so there's, there's no way to yeah. actually do that. But looking at the progression of bear and bull markets versus each other, losing money at the beginning of a bear market, it's gonna take you more time to recover from that and get back up to where you were than losing it towards the end. So in other words, if I got growth, 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 loss, and growth, the end result's a lot better than growth, loss, loss, growth, growth, growth. So gotcha. I, I want to lose, if I'm going to lose money, I want to lose it after I've had some growth, not before growth, because then my growth is making up the loss. Yeah, and I think the, the more growth that you have earlier on, that sets you up for greater potential growth later down the road, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. fundamental mathematics. It's kind of like the, the curve of, of a, a 401k. It's kind of gradual at first, but then toward you get closer to retirement and it, it kind of goes up a lot faster. Well, hopefully. That's what it's supposed to Ho- do. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I guess depending on the market and your, your level of, of contribution. Right. I mean, I, I would not have wanted to retire in 2009, having gone through 2000 and 2008. Right. Um, but retiring in 2020, having started in 2008, totally different animal. Yeah. So you did mention the stock market really briefly, and I, I know right now it's it's really volatile, and you know some people are talking about a potential bear market, so there may not be a lot of potential for growth there. But uh, what are what are you know some of the other sort of higher risk investments that uh, actually can result in, in quite a bit of accumulation? Well, right now, right now you have a, a lot of people talking about crypto, you know, currencies, and you, you have people looking at um, you know private investments pri- private um, placements or you know th- things that are not not publicly available publicly traded on the stock market mm-hmm. uh, to, to achieve these higher returns there's you know there's not a lot 
outside of individual stock picks or mutual funds or ETFs um, that that's widely available to you know to the average Joe. Main Street investments. Main right. Street investments. Yeah, and we're also talking about passive investing too. You know, we're not talking mm-hmm. about you actually rolling up your sleeves and you know starting a company and investing in in something that is going to be depend dependent on you actually taking an active role. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, um, one of the what we would call hybrid investments that that we promote all the time around here is real estate. You know, we're we're big real estate uh, believers. And a lot of our clients are too. You know, a lot of people come to us because we talk real estate. We're very upfront about it. We have unlocked what we believe is the the most conservative way to invest in real estate by being a lender on real estate. And in fact, that's what Noble Capital specializes in is is private lending in the state of Texas. So we've been able to consistently provide our clients with six to to nine percent returns on Texas residential real estate and that's a that's a real easy story to tell and understand and that that's something that 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 really sets us apart from the competition. Yeah, and if you want to know more again, you can find us at noblecapital.com and if you want to come in and see us, you can either give us a call or you can go to one of our retirement dinners and we'll give you some more information on that coming up right after this break. If you're just joining us, we're talking about risk management in your investment portfolio. And just before the break, I was telling you about our Retirement Blueprint dinners. And you can actually attend one if you're interested in learning more about income planning. You want to come see these guys talk a little bit about investment and about the way that we approach income planning. Just go to noblecapital.com. We have our Retirement Blueprint dinners and you can RSVP right there on the website. The next one coming up is Thursday, January 31st at True Lux. That's in the Arboretum. And then we have one on Tuesday, February 19th. And as always, you can check us out on social media and anywhere you get your podcasts. So we were talking a little bit about some different risk levels of investments and how and why they're useful. And Jaden, just before the break, you had mentioned hybrid risk. And for some of the listeners out there, can you guys sort of unpack that a little bit? What does hybrid risk mean? And what are maybe some examples of a hybrid risk investment? So I would describe a hybrid investment as something that is not guaranteed, but it's backed up by an asset. It's collateralized. So there's a physical aspect or asset to fall back on. And if the loans are underwritten properly, um, falling back to private lending, the loan-to-value ratio and the length of the loan really insulates us from any potential significant losses. So if we're in at $0.65 on the dollar on an eight-month loan, that means the real estate market's got to crash 35% in an eight-month period to even get us down to where we are now at even with equity. Again, we're talking about time that comes into play here with the investment. That's right. And I like what the way Jess just said it. You know, there's a physical asset. That's the best way to delineate a hybrid risk from a, a traditional risk. And you're looking at, you know, the when you talk about things like commodities, for example, you know, that's that that's a very common physical asset, whether it's uh, precious metals, mm. you know, 
you know, cattle, beef, yeah. um, you know, grains. You, you can go on and on with sure. uh, in the commodities markets that are that are backed up by a physical asset that aren't necessarily correlated to the stock market. You know, which is mainly a bunch of um, you know paper and, and that you're investing in. Now, of course, it's backed up by a, a real company that's that's operating, and you're you're putting your 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 trust um, or your you're putting your investment in the hands of of a company and, and their reputation and there's some great companies, you know, that, that's why the stock market is a great investment over time, but it's nice to diversify away from that in with certain parts of your portfolio. And what's natural for us is, is real estate as a commodity. If you think about it, you know, that one's a little easier to get your mind around and a little easier to predict. And one of the things that, that we're so fortunate about and, you know, being a Texan, if you're listening to this, I think we sometimes just take it for granted that, you know, t- t- Texas is, it's a, it's been an amazing real estate market for some time now. And it was resilient during the 2008 crash. And it's projected to continue up, all, they're projecting all the way through 2050 right now, this booming migration to Texas and this population growth, Why which, is that? which drives the, the, the real estate market in Texas, the residential real estate market in Texas. So why 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 are people moving to Texas? I mean, I guess go 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 hang out in California for for a little while and you'll you'll get your answer. Are they moving to Texas or are they just trying to move away from other places maybe? That's that is I a think little what both. it is. Yeah. But, I, but I think this is a favored destination for that. We're seeing people just flocking here in droves. And what what's attracting people in your opinions? No state income tax, very low regulation, um, stable housing market. It's a great place to live just from a quality of life standpoint. Um, and we're not in the in the trash like, you know, some of these other states that have gotten themselves in a pickle by going too far with taxes and regulation and everything else. Yeah, low unemployment. Um, in one word, Sean, I would say it's opportunity. You know, why would you move to Texas for, for opportunity? It's mm-hmm. uh, There's a flight here looking to, to have a better life. Mm-hmm. So we're fortunate being right here in the heart of Texas and in, in Austin, Texas. And yeah. everywhere I travel, everybody's heard of Austin and, and knows what's happening here. It's just amazing. So when you start looking at that at those economics, it's like, well, how, how can I how can I fit that into my port my investment portfolio as a common and you know investor? Mm-hmm. Well, real estate, Texas real estate, and if you want to you know play or play safe, Texas residential real estate seems like a, a a sure bet right now. You know, now not all real estate's equal, and you have to you have to know what you're doing and have some expertise. But people need a place to live. Period. I've, I've heard you guys say that over and over, and that's. <laughs> Why we at Noble Capital, I guess, concentrate just on residential real estate, right? I mean, we don't do any commercial real estate investments or anything like that. Mm, nothing wrong with them. There's a lot of money to be made there. but so, so tell me, why do we not do commercial real estate? What's the drawback there? Well, you're just gonna, it's going to be more impacted by a downturn um, when, when companies begin to, to, uh, to fail or cut back. Um, then you see office uh, asset classes. You know, mm-hmm. office space take, takes a beating. Okay, we did see some of that in the in the two thousand eight two thousand ten crash. Um, retailers are less less competent to open and expand, and you know, so you're going to see less less activity in the retail sector, less industrial. 
Um, you know, the most, I, I would say if you're talking commercial real estate, the, the most residential-esque commercial real estate would be multifamily apartments. Again, people need a place to live. So sure. that, that, if there's one place we cross over and we're open is, is on communities, the uh, apartment communities, condo communities, townhouse communities, we're, we're very comfortable in that space. The difference from, to me is also twofold. One, timing. Like I said, you know, these projects that we're doing here are eight to 11 month loans. So we've got to have a substantial market crash during that loan to really affect it. Um, and the commercial realm takes longer to build. It's also much more dependent upon speculation. So somebody's going to build a strip center. The times are good. It's going to take them two years to get it done. They're anticipating leasing it out. Once you move into the project and get started and you're committed, all of a sudden the economy goes the wrong way and you finish the project and nobody wants to move into it. Yeah, that's gotcha. that's a good point, Justin. The the area we we've we've landed on is is private lending, and for those the, a lot of our listeners know what private lending is because they know who we are, and this is where we started 17 years ago. We were some of the pioneers of private lending in Texas, but th- this is where you know you basically put your banker hat on and you you become a lender and you're lending money in in into mortgages, private mortgages. What we think of as a, what a mortgage company or bank would do, we have a private company, a private lending company that does it. So we raise and manage capital, and we invest that into into private loans. And we've decided when we looked at what to what to loan the money on, we, we had to look at the profile of the money. And the profile of the money is our wealth management clients and our our investors that want to have something that's relatively short term, relatively liquid, and also that has the ability to generate income for them. And in addition to that, you know, a good return. So six to nine percent, you know, let's call it seven and a half average return. That that's a great return, whether yeah. you're looking for income or not. But we just to just to, to dovetail into what Jess is saying, if you know, if if we have investors that are looking for re, you know liquidity and income, we can't go invest their money in a, a hundred acres on the fringes of of town. That that's a speculation play, and it exactly. might it might work out great in five to ten years. We've had we've, we've we've had some assets like that, that that we've invested in, but it's taken five ten years to to see a, a turnover and a return on those, and mm. that's not what our clients are signing up for. So we've decided wow. to play in this relatively short duration, uh, re, re, residential investment space with rehabs, fix and flips, um, these entrepreneurial builders and developers that are converting um, housing. In building new housing, especially affordable housing, and and looking to then take that 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 property, that product, and sell it into the marketplace, or in some cases, rent it out. So as as you break that type of real estate down, it's like okay, we could go in on a short term basis, generate income during that short period, check the box on liquidity, get a great return, and and minimize risk and exposure uh, by being in something you know for for. Uh, longer than say 18 months or two years so we, right. we check a lot of boxes with private lending residential private lending and the timing that goes along with it as it relates to what i do the main thrust of what i do is is providing income in retirement so yeah you can usually pull out of a commercial investment in 10 years if something goes wrong but a lot of my clients don't have 10 years to wait for it to come back they, they need to start generating income now so yeah. the less speculation we have the more certainty the better i can serve my clients yeah. So you had mentioned even like apartment buildings, you know, multifamily units. 
So what's the variation sort of in risk in your estimation between like a multifamily unit, like a, an apartment complex or a single family home? So when you when if you if you look at risk the the risk of those two I would say that you have to really break down when you say single family home what are, what are you talking about and to to get apples to apples there uh, I I would I would have to look at a single family home as a rental property if we're comparing it to rental you know to apartments okay fair enough because if if it's a mansion for example you know a 3 million dollar mansion and I'm I'm comparing investing into that versus an apartment complex with, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 200 units. Mm. Um, or, you know, would you rather put $3 million in a, in, a, in a nice mansion or $3 million into apartments? I think the apartments. That's, that's, a, that's intuitive for most yeah. people. That's a no-brainer. But if you're talking about having a portfolio of 20 n- nice residential rental properties, uh, you know, single family versus 20 apartment units, I think the the residential units have uh, the the single family has a little more opportunity for appreciation and in, in growth. So if if you can get those on an apples to apples spectrum, you know you, you can you can weigh them pros and cons. But the beauty of what we do is, you know, we're not owning, we're not buying the, this real estate, we're lending on it, right, Jess? Exactly. I was leaning towards the mic to just to <laughs> insert that in there. So the huge difference is. I'm funding something that is going to sell in a short term mm-hmm. versus relying on the ability to generate income as a, an owner or a partial owner over a long period of time. Okay. Yeah. And with that, we ask ourselves, are, would we, so go, go back to that analogy. Would you rather lend money on a $3 million mansion or on a $3 million apartment complex? And, you know, at first you might think, well, okay, I might be interested in looking at both of them depending on, you know, the loan to value. How much am I lending? Am I lending $1 million or $2 million? Uh, how, how safe is the investment? But you have to also look at the, at, at the, the prospects of, of, of the borrower failing and, you, and maybe you have to step in. And if you're a lender, you better be ready to step in and take over the project. Yeah. You know, when, especially if you're, when you're talking about the space that we lend in. That these are very complicated projects. You don't bat a thousand. You are going to have some defaults, some foreclosures. Sure. So we have a fully integrated asset management team that takes over the failed projects. And then we've learned over the years what types of projects do we want to take over and what gives us the best uh, odds, the best chances of fully recovering and, and working through that workout. Mm-hmm. Without hitting any big bumps in the roads, right? And so, you know, the the nature of what I do is so conservative that no matter what I'm looking at, I immediately go to worst case scenario and start looking and what is my exit strategy if something goes wrong? Do I want to loan 2.1 million on a three million dollar piece of property that something goes wrong? Well, I'll dump it for 2.5 the next day. Somebody will buy it. Versus being immersed in an apartment complex that's dragging on and it's got all kinds of uh, attachments to it. Yeah, and and to that point, we don't just lend on anything. We we look at those loans very closely, right? We look at the borrowers, we look at the viability of the deal and, and the home itself. Well, when we come back from the break, we are going to have our new segment, Tales from the Trenches, and we're also going to play Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is. And again, if you want to learn more about us, go find us at noblecapital.com. We'll be right back, folks.
Talk 1370. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour, and we are back. If you just tuned in, we've been having a little conversation about different levels of risk in investment and different levels of risk in your investment portfolio. So right now, I want to go into our newest segment, which we call Tales from the Trenches. Obviously, we have two financial advisors that sit across the desk from clients every day, and they've seen a lot of different things. And, you know, I'm kind of wor- I'm kind of wondering what is like the worst case scenario, right? What what is the most poorly diversified client that you've seen? Man, that's a tough one. I would say the guy that came in with almost everything in Bitcoin. He 100% bought into that um, notion. Almost everything, almost everything he had was invested in that, and it was at the beginning when it was kind of going up and down, and, and it, he didn't fare very well in it. Mm. That, that's, that was a, wow, so, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a, that's a poor decision. Mine, Sean, was uh, a a single sixty-two-year-old woman who had accumulated a nice nest egg for herself, one point seven million dollars, but every single uh, dollar was in CDs, and she had them on a little. Um, ladder spreadsheet that 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 she she hand wrote it uh, when she brought it in, but she she had probably thirteen different CDs. The the date, how much she she had in each one, the date she set it up, when it matured, what the rate was, and who it was with, and it was very organized. And she gosh, should have invested in MP3s. It was. I think that's the wave of the future, right? Okay, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, you, where did, do you have the dun dun? Yeah, I'll have to see yeah. if I can find a sound effect. So, okay, if you didn't catch that, CDs versus MP3s. <laughs> so, no. So this, the, yeah. What's a CD, by the way? You know, so it's a certificate of deposit. And I remember that this was about a year ago, but her rates ranged from about 0.8 percent, less than one percent, up to about 1.8 percent on these different CDs. And her number one concern when she came in was inflation. She was losing money every year, but mm-hmm. she was so scared of the stock market that she just wanted to absolutely play it safe. It's what we were talking about her. I see. Yeah, losing your money slowly. Safely. Safely. <laughs> Safely. There we go. Thanks for correcting me. Well, I, I'm curious. What what were you able to do for the uh, the Bitcoin marauder over there that had everything in Bitcoin? <laughs> Unfortunately, nothing. He uh, he didn't like what I had to say. Uh, he still was kind of trying to be a cowboy, and he was he was losing so much he needed to hang into it. Hopefully, that it came back, and unfortunately, it didn't. So yeah, ultimately, so he, he did not end up becoming a client. Um, yeah. and I'm not really sure what happened to him, how he fared on it. But I, I would suspect, knowing what he invested in and being able to monitor that stuff, I I don't think he did very well. And so the the nice lady with all of the CDs, you were able to help her, right, Jade? We were. Now, when you have someone come in that that's that, that's that conservative. Uh, or that's just that that committed to one strategy. The last thing you want to do as advisor is is just tell them just how wrong they are with everything and try to completely change the picture. Right. So we we've we've we have a phased approach with with some people. You know they want to move slow and and take a couple baby steps. Some of them know they need to make some big moves. So it's it's it, it varies. But we were able to take the first steps and bring her in as a client, bring her into the family, and help her. We. I'll just tell you real quick the solution we had yeah. for her was she she really didn't she wanted to stay away from the stock market she wasn't even comfortable with real estate 
She just wanted to be very conservative. So one thing a lot of people don't know about us is we're licensed with over 50 life insurance companies. We have access to over 50 life insurance companies. So that's mm. a bit, wow, 50 companies? But in reality, yeah. we, we usually write with, what would you say, Jess? About four. Four or five kind of top contenders, just like anything. The 80-20 rule applies. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we were able to quickly get an analysis of about 20 different offerings from the biggest life insurance companies uh, in, in the world and show her what kind of return she could earn on these, these fixed annuities and fixed index annuities, guaranteed, no loss, no fee. And they, we were able to beat the pants off of those annuity, uh, off of those CD, CD rates. Right. And we were able to, to at least you know, bring that overall average return up you know, in, 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 in that segment of the portfolio by a couple couple percentage points and get her above inflation. So yeah. no longer losing your money slowly or safely, at yeah, least both. With, with those. Yeah. 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 No, that and that's what we do here. That's that's what we do. We help our clients diversify, pick smart investments that are really income plans tailored for them specifically. We don't kind of have a template that we work off of that we're like, well, everybody gets this and everybody gets a little bit of this. I mean, it's it's a real uh, difference from client to client, you know, based on their own personal yeah, financial Yeah, it's actually quite situation. the opposite. It's, it's, I, I, don't, I can't think of any two clients that are even really super similar in yeah. their situation or their income plan. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, guys, you know what time it is. It's time to play Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is where my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode, and I get to decide how they have to deliver it. Every week, I steal the guidelines for the game in the Shanvelope, and I open it on air so they never know what to expect. I don't always stump them, but if I do, they have to buy me a $100 gift card to Blockbuster Video so I can expand my collection of used VHS tapes. You can go rent Back to the Future. Oh, love that movie. All right. Are you ready, guys? I'm going to open the envelope. Let's do it. Rip All it. Right. Let's see what we got in here. Sum up today's episode in exactly seven words. Summary of today's episode in exactly seven words. While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together, I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that is time. Were you guys able to come up with anything, or am I going to get my, my gift cards here? You going to hook me up or what? I'd let Jaden go first. I'm, I could probably squeeze in at the last minute there. Okay, well, Jaden, let's hear it. You, you, can, you can squeeze in some ums and uhs in between. Those count as words, too, I think, even though we're not doing the um jar anymore. All right, so I'm just going to wing it here. Um, I've only got four words so far, Sean. So mm. you you did you did kind of stop me. I am I gonna have to? I'm gonna owe you something here for Blockbuster or maybe maybe Netflix. Um, yeah, well, that's good. Be a little too. easier. I'm I'm kind of stalling for Jess. Yeah, Jess's sake. 
And I've actually got my seven. Go for it, Jess. Go ahead and take it away. Let's do it. We got one minute left. All right, seven words. Risk tolerance depends on each person's situation. Boom. Oh, that's not catchy, good. but very uh, accurate. No, that was good. That was that okay. perfectly summed it up. Jake? Here's mine. No risk, no reward. Play it cool. There you go. There you go. I like it, but that was cheating a little bit. The last three were kind of an afterthought, I think. Yeah, I'm well, going well, to take the win on that one. Those today. are the best. Hey, wait, it's not up to him. Only because I never win. He always beats me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, you can't. There, there's no rules against it, I have to say. So, Jaden, that does count. Now, as to who is going to be forever enshrined on the Wall of Wisdom, better known as Instagram, I'll have to go back and listen to it again. Fair enough. <laughs> so... Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope we got, you got some value out of this episode. But that's the Noble Capital Radio Hour for this week. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. I'm Sean. And remember, life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an advice or client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly-owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured on this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.